0: So we're back. Hi, um, I'm Rebecca Hemmings, the CEO of Strawberry Words Training Consultancy based in Birmingham, UK, and we specialize in creating harmonious cultures within organizations, um, particularly around the area of anti-racism. So I hope you've been enjoying the podcast so far, and if you haven't heard the previous episodes, I suggest you go back and listen from the beginning because you're, as well as me educating people and exploring the topic of anti-racism and uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, I'm telling the story of um, Strawberry Words, my own journey, the journeys of uh, marginalized people, and it just helps to fill in the gaps, okay? So it's always worth uh, going through episodes that um, you haven't previously. Now, I, I've got a confession to make. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I've got a confession to make and I've got to make it now. So on the first episode, I said proudly and loudly that um, these podcast episodes will be released every Tuesday. And I really meant it, I felt it in my heart, I did. That was my true intention. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got to be so honest um, I'm realistic and kind to myself And we're busy We're very busy um, Not only... Um, I delivering talks and workshops, but I'm managing a team of people that are doing that as well as um, Chantelle, hi Chantelle, our executive, uh, my executive assistant. And so a lot's happening and I've just got to be realistic about the frequency at which I can um, make these, get them edited and get them promoted and all of that. So I think what's more realistic is once every two weeks that I can see that happening, that can definitely happen. And that means that um are far less likely to fall flat on my face and just say i can't do this anymore all right so um you know that's part of our ethos as a company is that um we are kind and compassionate not only with the people that we're working with but also with ourselves so uh, i just gotta just say that right now (laughs) okay you're sitting there every Tuesday morning and wondering next Tuesday morning, like, what's going on? Where's the episode gone? Like, hasn't gone anywhere. We're just, I'm changing it to bimonthly. That's all. Right. So what are we talking about today? Um, well, I wanted to talk about microaggressions. Anyone who knows me, anyone who's uh, worked with me will know that this is a topic I'm super duper passionate about. I'm passionate because... Once I really got into reading about them, um, it was like, oh my gosh, like a whole world had opened up. Um, A lot of questions that I'd had in my mind for years had finally been answered as to why I'd been treated in certain ways ways, or why people who look like me were treated in a particular way. And, you know, I could actually categorise some of those le- those behaviours and I'll talk about the- those shortly. And, and I could find ways to counteract them. And it, I swear, it was just like, oh my gosh. I don't know, it was just... I can't even put into words the relief that I felt. Relief because And I know, you know, a lot of ethnic minorities, a lot of black and ethnic minorities experience this when they find out about microaggressions. I felt, um, I felt like I wasn't going crazy. I felt like I wasn't going crazy. I mean, that in itself is just huge. Because so often, um, you're led to believe that, you know, it's all in your head. You know, you're being oversensitive um you know stop being a drama queen and stop being divisive all of this and you're questioning yourself like is it me did i get that wrong oh i'm oh i'm you know i i guess maybe it must be me but but i'm pretty sure that that's what that meant and it keeps happening and and so you're constantly questioning you know you have you have these intrusive thoughts and you're thinking What? There's there's no clarity. So finally, when learning about microaggressions, man, like I'm feeling it right now, like, oh my gosh, like when learning about microaggressions, I finally got validated. I finally, I finally, finally, (laughs) I finally realize that I'm sane and contrary to some, what some people believe, believe, I'm human and I'm allowed to experience um, sadness, upset, um, be offended by these microaggressions. So, okay, this is not, these podcast episodes, they're never um, in replacement of a lecture or a lesson, Um, but but you will learn okay so how i'm delivering this is not how i would do it in a class it would be far more structured with exercises and all of that and i guess what i'm saying also is that um I'm not giving you the full picture because we don't have the time, um, and we don't have the space for me to engage with you. Um, But with all of these podcasts, if you have questions, um, feel free to comment. I always will post this, so they're always posted on our website, StrawberryWords.co.uk. So if you're listening to this elsewhere on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever, you can go to the website, StrawberryWords.co.uk. Go on the blog and podcast. Page, and underneath the specific podcast episode you can comment so anyway what are microaggressions okay in 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 basic terms they're subtle verbal and nonverbal cues that communicate to an ethnic minority that they are unwelcome like we don't want you here invisible who are we talking about? What? I can't see anyone. And incapable of performing well, you're stupid, and also that you're untrustworthy. Okay, let's not let them into everything. Okay? And so there are three different types of microaggressions. There are micro assaults, which are your more overt forms of Uh, racism but it happens in a private setting so for instance calling somebody um the n-word knowing that you can't be overheard by anybody else that's an example of that you know some some people have come back to me and said well i can't see how that's a microaggression i get it it, because it is very overt you know using the n-word is you know very overt but it's the private nature of it that makes it um a micro assault then there are micro insults which is like a rude or demeaning comment or behavior that basically disses somebody's heritage okay so when people say um, gosh you're so confident (laughs) i get that one all the time i gotta laugh because i think it's so rude really because what people are not hearing when they say that now firstly let me go backwards now, the, one of the arguments against microaggressions, what the skeptics say is that, well, you know, anybody can be insulted. This, this is not just particular to ethnic minorities. Well, what the research says is that, um, Microaggressions happen to the same people on a regular basis And it's the systemacity of these comments and behaviours that make them microaggressions And if you're not on the receiving end of them, you're unlikely to see them So, um, where was I going with this? So, um, yeah, so I was talking about micro-insults, micro-insults So, yeah, you're, you're very confident, Rebecca, now that's usually said to me. What, what's the meta-communication there? What's really being said underneath that? Um, well, firstly, I see you. You're different to the norm. You're not white. And and I want to comment on the fact. And, and, and actually, I think I'm giving I'm paying you a compliment. <laughs> right. But it's not. It's not a compliment. Okay? Not when it happens, time and time again. Because yes, and I see you, you're not white and most people, you're brown or black and most people who look like you are not confident. I'm really surprised. And I feel the need to tell you this because I think I'm actually telling you something positive. Okay, now I don't take that particular microaggression that seriously anymore. Um, I know that people have good intent. However, let's back up with this intent thing. So um, impact trumps intent. I always talk about this. Yeah? Impact trumps intent. So no matter how well it, um, intended a statement or behaviour was, it's about the harm that was caused as a result of that. What was said or, or what what happened. Okay. So and that's hard for people to wrap their heads around, especially when you you know you feel as though you're doing something nice, but you have to acknowledge, or you don't have to. You don't have to do anything but I need to tell you that um, our microaggressions are often, or microaggressions are often informed by our unconscious biases. Okay. So, you know, again, I go back to what I was saying, um, I think in the last episode, when I was talking about unconscious bias, that, um, you know, people will use the excuse that um, well, I, I since I'm not aware of my unconscious biases because they're unconscious, what can I do about them? There's nothing I can do. Well, there is. there are things you can do. And also what will give you away are your microaggressions because it's actually your subconscious that's speaking and you don't even realize it, okay? And also because they're normalized, they're normalized in society. And so people think these things are okay to say. So again, I think that example is quite a light-hearted one and you know someone like me because I hear it all the time and I do this work I don't take it that seriously but other people will especially when they're first learning about microaggressions and they start to realize that oh my gosh I've heard that so many times so really they're saying it because I'm Indian and they're surprised or whatever it might be. Okay, so I'll give you some more examples. Um, oh, where else? I was talking about the types of microaggression. So the other type of microaggression is a micro-invalidation. Okay. It's quite simple, the, the, the definition really is in the name there It's when you invalidate somebody's, somebody based on who they are Okay, So there's some really common examples of this That when I share with people what they are, they're often quite surprised And again, it's because they're normalised that people uh, think they're legitimised um, But when you break it down, it's quite clear that they are offensive and hurtful so an example of this is um i don't see race i talk about this all the time (laughs) i don't see race and again the intent is normally good positive when people say that again usually what they're trying to say and it's often well it is a white person that will say that you will hardly get Oh, it's complicated, but generally we're talking about um, white people saying, "I don't see race." Usually, what's been said is, um, I, I, "I, you know, I treat everybody the same. I'm not racist." Okay. But what, what's the problem with the statement? Let's, I, you know, I'll share an example I use all the time. So if you've been in my training or you're about to be in a training session, forgive me if you've heard this before, um, or when you hear me say, you know, it's a repetition because I use it all the time. So, um, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I don't <sighs> look at myself and think, hmm, I'm looking very black this morning. Or when I brush my teeth, I don't think, mm, yeah, still black. I don't think about my skin colour. Like not even when I'm putting on my foundation. I'm not thinking, oh, this is a very nice brown foundation. Like I don't think about my skin colour like that, I don't, I'm just me, I'm Rebecca, I'm mum, I'm, you know, the CEO of Strawberry Words, I'm just me. It's only when I, I turn on the television and I hear about the latest racist incident, um, or when I go to my local supermarket and the security guard has got his eyes on me the whole time, or when I'm trying to buy a pair of tights in my skin colour, or I'm trying to buy, um, a greeting card for my grandmother uh, with an image that looks like her, or somebody even calls me a racist name. then i'm reminded, Oh yeah, it's because i'm black so it it's not that um You know, I go around talking about me being black. The world tells me every single day you are black through this dismissal, through insults, through not thinking about us, not being considered because we're invisible. And so it's my skin color is very much a part of my identity, whether I choose that to be the case or not. Okay, I don't have a choice in that matter. The world tells me and other ethnic minorities who you are because you're seen as different to the norm. Okay, so yeah, I mean, there's so many places I can go with this. So when somebody says, I don't see race, when a white person says, I don't see race, what is being centered are their feelings. Okay, I know that doesn't feel nice to hear, but you know. I say this with love. They're centering their own feelings and saying that I feel really uncomfortable talking about all this race and racism stuff. It's a really horrible topic. Would you mind just shutting away a whole part of yourself and just bring anything else so we can make things a lot more comfortable for me, please? That's what's been said. Okay, it's centering the feelings of the white person and it's invalidating the feelings of the ethnic minority and basically saying my feelings are more important than yours. So what... That leaves the ethnic minority with is a huge weight to deal with because this is not just one person who you know who's made one comment, but this is microaggressions happen on a regular basis, often daily. You know, if you're out and about, um, you know, amongst people who don't look like you. It's certainly in the UK, and you know, you start to question yourself: Do I belong here? Do people really think I belong here? What's wrong with me? Am I being sensitive? Am I being over the top? Should I not be talking about my race, but it's a part of who I am and this hurts? Oh, but maybe, so what's being said is I can't share when I'm hurt. So I can't show up as a full human being and you know, experiencing the emotions that I do. I've got to hide that part of me that's a lot of strain and stress. And so often a lot goes on in your mind when these microaggressions happen. I'll give you one more example before I go. I mean, I have lots of examples, but I've gone on a bit and I'm trying not to make these episodes too long. Um, Okay, quick example. So once I, I, during the pandemic, I went to ASDA. And I came out of my car and um, I was putting on my mask, and then I could see a couple, a white couple, coming towards their car, which was next to mine. I heard the man say, What's she doing? I knew exactly what he meant. And she said, Oh, she put on a mask. I could sense his sigh of relief. I knew that he meant, um, is she trying to get into her car? Is she, you know, is she trying to do something on toward in in relation to her car? Or maybe just something um, criminal, full stop, maybe? I, I don't know, but well, I knew it wasn't good. How did I know that? Because it's happened to me time and time and time again. And not just me, but all ethnic minorities. All ethnic minorities face microaggressions on a daily basis. So in the workplace, you know, questions will be asked around someone's qualifications or maybe they'll be over-scrutinised, the work will be over-scrutinised because of who they are, because there's a belief that, well, maybe you're not going to do it well. Um, You know, some people, there's evidence to prove that doctors, for instance, get, um, and nurses and other people in other positions in teaching positions this happens too they kind of get the um the worst jobs the not so nice jobs to do and there are patterns you will see these patterns you know um asking people you know or saying things like um oh because my friends Jamaican to the black person not knowing whether their backgrounds Jamaican or not that's happened to me a lot just saying again i see that you're different to the norm and i feel the need to comment on it why why comment on it so what i want to leave you with is an awareness of what microaggressions are again they are words and actions that communicate to ethnic minorities that they are invisible unwelcome incapable of performing well and they are untrustworthy okay and they often not always come from unconscious biases so before before i just want you to have a just have an openness to that and think about if you might be communicating in that an, an, a microaggression as you go about you, your daily life as you interact with the ethnic minorities are you saying some say something to someone because you see that they're an ethnic minority Or is it just because they're a person and be, you know, it's a conversation in your head. Nobody else can hear it. Be really honest with yourself. Okay. So that brings me to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, If you haven't already, please sign up to our, um, our mailing list at strawberrywords.co.uk. Again, we send lots of useful educational material and share news and all that wonderful stuff. Okay, so I wish you well on your continued anti-racism journey, and I'll speak to you soon.